All right, good morning. It's great to have you with us. Uh, I want to welcome all of you and everybody who's watching online. We are currently in a series called Jesus at the Table, and we have been exploring all the stories in the Gospel of Luke where we find Jesus eating meals with people, really is a theme of Jesus's ministry. And we've seen that some of the most significant things that Jesus ever did or said happened around a table. Isn't that pretty cool? Well, today I want to pause our series uh, just for one Sunday, and I want to discuss a common thread that underlies all these stories that we've been looking at. It's the theme of hospitality. Somebody opened their home, cooked a meal, and invited Jesus over. It's pretty cool. Um, our family was driving to Florida many years ago, like uh, people do. They go on the road trip to, to Florida, and we decided to pull over in South Carolina for some southern barbecue. I'm talking like pulled pork, collard greens, mac and cheese, cornbread. Yeah, I'm getting some amens in the back preaching here this morning. Uh, I did get my first drink of cheer wine, which changed my life. You, you all know that story. Um, but I would also say that I got my first taste of southern hospitality. People were so polite. It was the weirdest thing. Everybody's so kind. There was a guy who's a total stranger and just started a conversation with me. Like, we talked for like five minutes. I, like, I didn't know what to do. That doesn't happen in Philly. Come on, like, you know, it was just everybody was so nice. And we've all heard of this Southern hospitality. And it really refers to like how the welcoming nature of people in the South. But maybe you haven't heard about some of the traditions that go along with it. For example, historic homes like uh, this one, which was built in Charleston, South Carolina, features both a front door, you guys see the front door, and then a second door that leads onto the porch. And that second door is called a hospitality door. And whenever the hospitality door was open, it just kind of signaled that the people inside were welcoming guests. You could just come on over. Right? Don't even you know, just pop on over. The hospitality door is open. If the hospitality door was closed, that's the, the red one, it just kind of meant do not disturb. I kind of could guess that. But the question that I'm asking us today is, is your home open for guests? You know, many of us keep our hospitality door closed. Uh, we don't want to be disturbed. Our home is kind of like our castle. It's our safe place. It's where we go so we don't have to be bothered by the world or people we don't know. What do you mean inviting people in? What are you talking about? Well, throughout this series, Jesus has been challenging us to change our mindset. We're not to close the hospitality doors, but to prop them open and to welcome others in. We're instructed by Jesus, for example, in Luke 14, this is a familiar scripture from the last few weeks. Jesus said, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. We just sang how Jesus sought us when we were strangers. And Jesus challenges us to reach out beyond our circle of friends and family to those who maybe we don't know. What is hospitality? Let's define that. 
start with the definition. The dictionary defines hospitality as a word characterized by kindness in welcoming guests or strangers. So as we talk about hospitality today, we're really talking about this kindness that we can show others by welcoming guests and strangers. I also saw this definition I had to laugh. It says, hospitality, making your guests feel like they're at home, even if you wish they were. My hospitality sometimes feels that way. Amen? In the New Testament, the Greek word for hospitality is philozania. Put that up the next slide. Philo means love. We're very familiar with that. We live in Philadelphia, which is the city of brotherly love, right? That's the phila, the phileo, love. Xenos is the word for stranger. So you put those two together, philozania, which is the Greek word for hospitality in the New Testament, literally means the love of the stranger. The opposite of hospitality is xenophobia. Xeno, stranger, phobia, fear. Xenophobia. Unlike the fear of the stranger, or closing the door to the stranger, hospitality welcomes the stranger, befriends the stranger, turns strangers into friends. That's our invitation. So today we want to dive into this biblical concept of hospitality. Um, We're going to look at three questions. What does the Bible teach about hospitality? What motivates hospitality? And how do we practice hospitality? And I just want to encourage y'all to buckle your (laughs) seatbelts. We're going to look at a lot of scripture this morning. There's a lot to talk about uh, in this topical message, but I want to center on this key scripture from Romans 12, 13. Simply says, two words, practice hospitality. Let's pray. We'll dive in. Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the initiative that you took in loving us and seeking us out, even when we were far from you, God. Uh, We are just so grateful to be here this morning. We thank you for your word, God, which changes our lives. And uh, I pray, God, that today that you would open our eyes to this uh, powerful uh, character quality of hospitality. Teach us, God, how to be more welcoming to others around us. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Jesus calls us as his followers to show radical hospitality. Let's start with our first question. What does the Bible teach about hospitality? And the Bible actually has a lot to say about welcoming guests and strangers. Start with the Old Testament. The Old Testament is full of examples of men and women who show hospitality. And these are positive examples for us, that modeling uh, true hospitality. Biblical hospitality. There are names like Abraham. In Genesis 18, Abraham offers hospitality to some mysterious visitors. We'll talk about that. And Lot, of course, in the next chapter. Rahab, Joshua 2. Who who does she show hospitality to again? The spies? Yeah, yeah, right. And she's commended for that in the Hall of Faith. Uh, The widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings 17 shows hospitality to Elijah. Yes, good. And then the Shunammite woman shows hospitality to 
the other one? Elijah. Yeah, good. All right. And more. So we're not going to go through all of them, but these are sort of leading positive examples for us. Uh, these examples show that hospitality is a key virtue in the Hebrew Bible. Um, one more, Job. You guys remember Job? He's all suffering, and then his friends come over, and they tell him that his suffering is due to sin in his life, which it wasn't. He's, he, so he's defending himself, and he points out many ways that he's lived faithfully for God. And among those, he uh, refers to his own practice of hospitality. Job 31, 32, here's what Job says. I've never turned away a stranger, but have opened my doors to everyone. Job declares, look at the life that I've lived. I've showed love to the stranger. I've opened my door to everyone. It's just another way of saying I've shown hospitality. Powerful examples of the love of stranger. We turn to the New Testament. Uh, we look at what the Bible teaches. The New Testament opens up with the good news of Jesus. The kingdom of God has broken into human history through the coming of Jesus Christ. He's declaring good news healing the sick. Um, many people are hosting Jesus in their homes. So uh, hospitality is a recurring theme, which we've gotten a taste of in our series, Jesus at the Table. And over the last two weeks, Jesus has revolutionized our, our view of hospitality. He says we're not just to invite our friends and family, but he encourages us to create places of belonging for those who might not even be able to repay us because it's, it's an inclusive community, like Steve shared, where the kingdom of God becomes tangible. We learn in Matthew 25, this is cool, that when we host others, get this, we host Jesus. Jesus explains, Matthew 25, 35, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. And the disciples said, when did we do this? And Jesus said, when you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. When you reached out across the fence and you invited a neighbor over for a meal, when you threw a party for all the families on your kids' soccer team, when you met someone here Sunday morning at Hope and you said, hey, let's go get coffee, Understand you were doing that for Jesus. You were loving Jesus. You were serving Jesus. You brought Jesus to the table. Jesus invites us to embrace hospitality and to make it a priority. We continue on to the epistles, the letters. Hospitality is also commanded in the New Testament. On the next slide, you'll see five, some of the hospitality commands. These are five hospitality commands, and each one speaks transformatively of the role hospitality plays in our lives as believers. Um, so let's put those up. Take a moment. You can write those down if you would like. I'll give you a second. We'll look at each one individually. Five hospitality commands of the New Testament. They are Romans 12, 13, 1 Peter 4, 9, Hebrews 13, 2, 1 Timothy 3.2, and 1 Timothy 5.10. Let's look at those one by one. First of all, number one, first, oh, excuse me, Romans 12.13. There it is. Thank you. Romans 12.13 says, practice hospitality. And this is in the imperative move. It, it's not a suggestion. This is a, a command. 
for us as believers. The word practice here in the Greek is actually even stronger in the sense of pursue hospitality. You'll see that in some different translations. But the idea is there's an energy behind it. We're going after this. Origen, one of the early church fathers, put it this way. He says, we're not just to receive the stranger when he comes to us. But, but here's the pursue part. But to actually inquire after and look carefully for strangers. To pursue them and search them out everywhere. It's like he's saying, Christians, let's keep our antenna up. For those to whom we can, what Paul says in Romans 12, 13, practice hospitality. Second hospitality command comes from 1 Peter 4, 9. It says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Uh, a little help here this morning. Who's the one another? Who is, that's us, right? That's Hope Community Church. Hope Church family. It's saying, offer hospitality to one another. That's us. There are 59 one another commands in the New Testament. And uh, each one of them provides, just a, a, defines how we as Christians look and live like Jesus in our community with one another. Um, one of the 59 one another's is right here. Um, we've got love one another, serve one another, pray for one another. I mean, we could go on and on. There's 59 of them. Here's one of them. Offer hospitality to one another. And I just love that. But what he's saying here, what Peter's getting after, is that hospitality is not just like a, a program of the church, but hospitality is the responsibility of every believer in the family of God. It's how I love you and how you love me. We're getting to know each other. We're inviting each other over, sharing meals. We're uh, hosting groups in our homes for Bible studies and worship, offer hospitality to one another. One of our visions here at Hope is to be a caring place where God transforms lives. And we define transformation. What does it look like to be transformed with uh, three circles up, in, and out? And when we talk about this concept of hospitality, show hospitality to one another. We're talking about the in circle, the fellowship circle. And it is just such a cool thing. We want to be a church like this. And I think this would also define a transformed church, not just a transformed believer, but, you know, the healthiest churches are those where believers spontaneously show hospitality to one another. And this is the kind of church we want to be, where we're loving each other, sharing life together. Um, so, the first half of 1 Peter 4.9 says, offer hospitality to one another. The second half focuses on our attitude. Uh, we're to offer hospitality how? What does it say? Without grumbling. Ah, that's tough, isn't it? Because hospitality kind of goes with messes. Messes mean work. Work leads to grumbling. Like, our lives would be just a lot more convenient if we didn't offer hospitality. My life would be a lot easier if I didn't open my home to others, and that's certainly true, but we can offer hospitality with joy because hospitality is the bond that connects us to one another, and we're blessed to be a part of that. So we offer hospitality to one another here in the body of Christ without grumbling. Next hospitality command, Hebrews 13, 2. And here we're moving from the in circle to the out circle. Hebrews 13, 2 says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. 
For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Now, if you felt uneasy about the message so far, Hebrews is about to stretch us even further outside of our comfort zone. Hebrews says to offer hospitality to strangers. Isn't that interesting? It's very challenging. We mentioned the Greek word for hospitality in the New Testament. It literally means love for the stranger. And so Hebrews is urging us to go beyond our inner circle of friends and family and people we don't know to look outwardly and to welcome into our circle of care people that we consider to be strangers, those we don't know, or those maybe we've just met. And you say, why would we ever do that? And the answer is the God story. What does it say? By doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. And Hebrews is drawing our mind to some of those Old Testament examples that we talked about earlier, like Abraham and Lot, who in entertaining strangers, welcomed angels. They, were, they ended up being angels. How crazy is that? They entertained angels. And I, I think what so happens in our life is that God does his most supernatural work outside of our comfort zone. Have you guys experienced that before? Right? God does such powerful work when we step out of what is most comfortable for us and do things like invite strangers into our life. See, God is leading us out so we can invite others in, so we too will have the stories to tell of how entertaining people we didn't know very well, God was at work. Next hospitality command, 1 Timothy 3, 2. Now the overseer is to be dot, dot, dot hospitable. So who are, who's the, who are these overseers? The overseers are the elders of the church. And the New Testament uh, lists 20 qualifications for, an, for elders. And they're in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. So in that dot, dot, dot are a lot of other character qualifications. But one of the character qualifications, one of the requirements for someone to serve as an elder is that they would be hospitable. And I mention this passage because here at Hope, we're an elder-led church. We're led by a team of uh, pastoral elders, which is just so cool. And we choose our elders based on these 20 character qualifications that we find in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. And for those of you who know our elders, I tell you, every one of them is hospitable. Every one of them sets an example for us in this area of hospitality. And if you want to know about Elders, if you want to meet our elders, what do they do? Want to learn more about our church? Sign up for that Discover Hope class. That's a great place for us to connect with you and for you to connect with us. Please sign up for that. Well, in addition to qualifying for somebody to be an elder, now this, this could take a lot of explaining, but I'm just going to go so brief. Hospitality also in the early New Testament qualified widows to receive regular financial assistance from the church. You see this group in the New Testament, the widows, and they were supported financially from the church. And, and uh, Timothy says, here's, here's who to put on that list. Look at the next passage, 1 Timothy 5, 9. 
No widow may be put on the list of widows unless she's over 60, has been faithful to her husband, and is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality. That just shows like how much of a virtue the early church saw, this character quality of hospitality. So let's summarize those five hospitality commands. It's commanded, Romans 12, commanded, 1 Peter 4, commanded, Hebrews 13, required of church leaders, 1 Timothy 3.2, and required to be put on the list of widows. So we asked our first question, what does the Bible teach about hospitality? Kind of a big deal, right? Normally don't go through this much scripture on a Sunday, but hospitality matters. And we cannot be faithful followers of Jesus or growing and maturing followers of Jesus without this practice of hospitality. So my next question is, it leads to the next question, what motivates hospitality? Because I think we're all here today sitting in our chairs, we're behind hospitality. I like, if somebody wants to show hospitality, we're going to amen that. Go ahead and invite me. I'll be there. But when we contemplate actually inviting people into our own homes and own lives, that's where we start to come up reasons why that's really good for somebody else, but for me, that's just not going to work. It's not. Our family likes to host a neighborhood picnic, and we deliver invitations to all our neighbors. They come and meet in our backyard, and I cook a lot of hot dogs and hamburgers on the grill. And over the years, it's, it's been a success. I got an email from a neighbor. She said, we've lived here for 17 years and only knew the people on our right and on our left. Bringing the neighborhood together was a great idea. I hope we do it again. Well, I was, after I got that email, I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to do a little bit more hospitality. So coming off the high of this neighborhood picnic, we decided to invite a family over for 4th of July. And uh, as a family we wanted to connect with, got the grill out. You know, I started cooking up the burgers. Well, I had cooked so many burgers for this neighborhood picnic. I didn't realize there was like a, a puddle of grease in the bottom of my grill. So as those 4th of July burgers are starting to cook up, like my grill is billowing smoke. I mean, it's just smoke rising up to the sky. And somebody shouts, your grill is on fire. I make a quick move. I flip the lid and flames of fire shoot up to the sky. The children are screaming at this point. Somebody shouts, it's a grease fire. So everybody pulls out their phone how to put out a grease fire. <laughs> we eventually got that fire out. I mean, my grill was engulfed. It was terrifying. I thought the fire department was going to have to come over. But the thought crossed my mind. Maybe hospitality isn't such a good idea. I'm just trying to remember. Has that family come back to our house? I, I don't think they have. No, they haven't. See, most of us want to offer hospitality, but then we don't. And we just, we say things like, you know, my house isn't big enough, or I'm an introvert, I might burn my house down, you know, we all have reasons, and there are a million reasons. But what's the motivation to get to the point? Three motivations. Motivation number one, hospitality is a spiritual gift. 
Anyone here have the gift of hospitality? I know a few. I'm not going to make eye contact, but I know some of you have an amazing gift for hospitality. What's the spiritual gift of hospitality? I found this definition online. found it really helpful. The gift of hospitality is the God-given ability to joyfully make people feel loved, appreciated, and accepted in your home and at church. Yeah, home. I mean, we're not even talking about church today and the people who you know, stand at the door and make us feel welcome. That, those are key, key roles. But some of you here today have a gift of hospitality. And when you use that gift, you see God working in amazing ways. But as I did research for this message on hospitality, I discovered something kind of shocking. I looked at all the lists of spiritual gifts in the New Testament. Did you know not once is hospitality listed as a spiritual gift? Kind of blows my mind. It's been in every spiritual gift says that I've ever taken. It's not there. After I got over the shock of that, I actually felt encouraged. Because Angie and I don't have the gift of hospitality. And, and some of you would know that. You've been, you've been at our house. But what does this tell us? It, it, it just lets you know that you don't have to be like, have the perfect house or be the most amazing cook to practice hospitality. Hospitality isn't about impressing people. It's about turning strangers into friends, and we can all do that. I like uh, this quote from Rosaria Butterfield. She says, we forget the point of hospitality in the home. Fellowship, not entertainment. I definitely know people who think of hospitality as entertainment. It's got to be big. It's got to be extravagant. But she's saying no. The point of hospitality in the home is just fellowship. It's relationships, not entertainment. Don't let pride stop you from opening your home. Ignore the cat hair on the couch or in the mac and cheese. It won't kill anyone as decisively as loneliness will. I love that. That's hospitality. It's just inviting people into our lives. Mess and all, just as Jesus has done for us. Hey, if you got the gift, you got the gift. Some of you had got the gift. And I believe in a gift of hospitality. And that hospitality will come easy for you, by the way, if you have the gift. But don't let that hold you back if you don't. Motivation number one, hospitality is a spiritual gift. Motivation number two, hospitality is an act of love. Hospitality involves making people feel welcomed, cared for, uh, comfortable, valued, a way of showing kindness and generosity to others. It can help create a sense of community and belonging. Overall, hospitality is a beautiful way to demonstrate love and compassion towards others. I just want to show you how the Bible connects hospitality with love. And we're going to go through each of just three of these hospitality commands. Romans 12. Here's what it says right before practice hospitality. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Practice hospitality. How about the first Peter verse? First Peter 4. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And Hebrews also emphasizes the relationship between practicing hospitality and deep, deep love. Hebrews 13. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. So what motivates hospitality? 
might be a spiritual gift. Hospitality is a spiritual gift. It's an act of love. Last one, motivation three. Hospitality is a way to share the gospel. One of the best ways to tell others about Jesus or even point people to Jesus is through this act of hospitality. I said it this way a couple of weeks ago, and I think over all the years is maybe the best way I've been able to say this. So uh, put it up. Good food and good conversation create natural opportunities to share the good news. It's just natural. This is one of the easiest ways to share our faith. It's just by inviting others into our home, around a meal. Um, the link between hospitality and the growth of the early church is unmistakable. For the first 300 years of Christianity, people did not meet in buildings like this. Believe it or not, they actually met in homes. Homes were places where people discovered Jesus and the gospel expanded to new regions. And that's pretty incredible. For 300 years, the home is where the gospel was shared. It's the same today. See, what God's stories will we tell because we reached out to somebody who's not connected to Christ or the church? And what is that good news that we have to share? It's that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He paid the price so that we can have a new relationship with God where all of our sin is forgiven. We have been offered eternal life in Jesus Christ. And it's not by works, but it's just by putting our faith and trust in him. That is incredible. So I hope you're motivated. Look at these motivations one more time. Hospitality is a spiritual gift. It is an act of love, and it's a way to share the gospel. So I want to close with how. How do we practice hospitality? Um, and here I've got three quick ideas. Number one, host people in your home. We're a church where a lot of people are involved in small groups. Small groups are uh, groups that meet during the week, and we support each other, encourage each other, uh, we eat together, we study the Bible together, all those things. And we couldn't do that if it weren't for people here in our church family who hosted us. And so I first of all, I want to thank, for, thank all of you who host people in your homes for our small groups. And if you are willing to let a group of Christians meet in your home for Bible study and worship, talk to me. Some of our groups are sort of bursting at the seams, so we can always use more homes. But I think maybe even the bigger challenge is just that you and I are meeting people all the time. And the question is, who could we invite over? Who could we get to know on a deeper level? And that might be somebody that you've met here at the church. It might be somebody that you would like to, uh, who's maybe far from God, and you would just like to invest in them on a deeper level. One of the great ways to do that is to share a meal. And I want to encourage you not to make it complicated. Keep it simple. You don't have to make, uh, you know, uh, a five-star French cuisine or anything like that. You could actually eat on paper plates. It's okay. And many times Angie and I have even asked, hey, we'd love to have you over. Would you be willing to bring a salad? Would you be, bring a dessert? So just keep it really simple because it really is about um, friendship, not necessarily impressing people. But maybe for you, uh, in this season of life, you can't have people over in your home. And I think that's okay. There are other ways to practice hospitality. Here's a second idea. Offer to help with hospitality. Uh, you say, hey, what can I bring? Uh, what can I make to bring over? Thinking about Thanksgiving, you know, as I was, maybe you're not hosting Thanksgiving in your home, but you're saying, hey, what can I 
bring. I'll come early. I'll help set up. I'll uh, welcome people at the door. I'll stay late. I'll you know, help clean up. You're offering hospitality, and that's huge in taking away some of the grumbling for those who do host. You just help. Uh, host people in your home, offer to help with hospitality. Last one. I like this one. Take your hospitality on the go. Maybe it's going out to coffee with a friend or taking somebody out to lunch. You guys know Jesus didn't have a home? Remember that? Had no place to lay his head. But Jesus practiced hospitality. How did he do that? With simple invitations. Come and eat. Come, let's be together. Maybe that's uh, you met somebody, you're going to invite them over to sit at the lunch table with you. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be anything big and dramatic or overwhelming. Jesus just said, come, sit with me, follow me. So what does hospitality look like for you in your season of life? What have we seen? Hospitality matters. It's all throughout Scripture. It is crucial in building our community as a church and helping us reach people who are far from God. So our action step, it's our action step. We're going out this week, and our action is to practice hospitality. Let's pray. God, um, thank you for your word. Thank you for how it challenges us to step out in faith. And I pray that, um, you know, this message is a practical message, but it's also challenging in that we're going to be reaching out to some people to build closer relationships and I thank, your, thank you, God, that your Holy Spirit is at work in that. And that when we step out in faith, we're going to experience your powerful work um, in bringing people to Christ and creating new friendships. So many times, God, we feel alone, and yet we can discover the beauty of community just through simple hospitality. So I pray, God, that you'll give us creative ideas this week as we uh, issue this challenge to ourselves love others, and to welcome them with kindness and joy. So God, we worship you as we close, and we lift up your name because you are an awesome, glorious God. Thank you for welcoming us into your family. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.